All right, Brother Hopper, if you're up there, click that thing, would you? There you go. Now we're growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is the Spirit, and we're going to worship, worship Him in spirit and truth tonight. And there's somebody else going to talk to you right now, and that'll happen prayerfully right now. Writing in the journal The Alternative, Richard Hanser, author of The Law and the Prophets and Jesus, What Manner of Man is This, has called attention to something that is more than a little mind-boggling. It's my understanding that the Bible, both the Old and New Testaments, has been the best-selling book in the entire history of printing. Now another attempt has been made to improve it. I say another because there have been several fairly recent efforts to, quote, make the Bible more readable and understandable, unquote. But as Mr. Hanser so eloquently says, for more than three and a half centuries, its language and its images have penetrated more deeply into the general culture of the English-speaking world and been more dearly treasured than anything else ever put on paper. He then quotes the irreverent H.L. Mencken, who spoke of it as purely a literary work, and said it was probably the most beautiful piece of writing in any language. They were, of course, speaking of the authorized version, the one that came into being when the England of King James was scoured for translators and scholars. It was a time when the English language had reached its peak of richness and beauty. Now we're to have the Good News Bible, which will be in, quote, the natural English of everyday adult conversation. Well, I'm sure the scholars and clergymen supervised by the American Bible Society were sincerely imbued with the thought that they were taking religion to the people with their Good News Bible. But I can't help feeling we should instead be taking the people to religion and lifting them with beauty of language that has outlived the centuries. Mr. Hanser has quoted from both the St. James Version and the Good News Bible some well-known passages for us to compare. A few thousand years ago, Job said, How forcible are right words. The new translators would have him saying, honest words are convincing. That's only for openers. There is the passage, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Is it really an improvement to say instead, the wiser you are, the more worries you have, the more you know, the more it hurts. In the New Testament, according to Matthew, we read, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way. The Good News Version translates that into, someone is shouting in the desert, get the road ready. It sounds like a straw boss announcing lunch hours over. The hauntingly beautiful 23rd Psalm is the same in both versions for a few words. The Lord is my shepherd. But instead of continuing with the I shall not want, we're supposed to say, I have everything I need. The Christmas story has undergone some modernizing, but one can hardly call it an improvement. The wondrous words, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, has become, don't be afraid, I'm here with good news for you. The sponsors of the Good News Version boast that their Bible is as readable as the daily paper, and so it is. But do readers of the Daily News find themselves moved to wonder, quote, at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, unquote. Mr. Hanser suggests that sadly, the tinkering and general horsing around with the sacred text will no doubt continue as pious drudges try to get it right. It will not dawn on them that it has already been gotten right. This is Ronald Reagan. Thanks for listening. Well, he said a lot in those three minutes, and uh, I appreciate that so much that that was recorded in 1977. That man had been the governor of California for two times. He turned down the third time to run uh, for the governor out there, and, and of course he was our president two terms. 
And uh, the, the greatest thing I believe that, well, one of the greatest things is he stood for the King James Bible, as we see there. Now, tonight, the ESV, the English Substandard Perversion, the Unholy Bible, that, now that may offend some people tonight. I don't know if you're offended with that or not. But we, as people of God, we need to stand up for the right in this world because nobody else is going to stand up for the right. And let's say that uh, when I say nobody's going to stand up for the right, that means the unsaved people are not going to stand up for what God has placed here and given us, and that is the King James Bible. People actually make fun of this book. They want to make you think that you're dumb, that you can't understand the words that's written in this book. But I've got news for you. The Holy Spirit of God lives within each one of us who name Jesus Christ as Savior. The Bible says if you have not the Spirit of God, you're none of His. And I pray tonight that as you listen, if you're not saved, that you'll come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ this very night. And I believe that every preacher who stands behind the pulpit that is one message that needs to be gotten across each time that a person stands to teach or preach. It makes no difference what they're teaching on, whether, what doctrine they're teaching on. The doctrine of the salvation of man needs to be taught right. and how to go to heaven. And these books that we've been looking at, we've only looked, this is the third one, the third perversion that we've looked at, and I've mentioned some along the way. What President Reagan talked about was good news. You may recognize that as the good news for modern man. I came into contact with that garbage some time ago, uh, years ago, when I noticed that some of the Methodist churches were using that. And actually, I was invited to a, um, another organization. They stand outside stores collecting and ringing their bells. And I noticed that they had also started using the good news for a modern man. And today, I'm sure that there are still some who are using that. But there's so much today that we need to be warned about. Someone says, uh, Preacher, uh, I just couldn't stand and, and uh, tell the people and preach the Word of God and tell them about the perversions that you're doing. Well, let me, get, let me let you in on a little secret. I can't stand either. It must be the Lord Jesus Christ that does the standing here. And I pray that He will have the preeminence tonight. The Bible says that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And that's the way that each pastor, each preacher, each Sunday school teacher, each worker in a church needs to stand, and they need to realize that it's not them, but it's the Word of God, it's God Himself, it's the Holy Spirit that gives the ability, the privilege of standing behind this sacred desk or teaching in a classroom. Amen. And each one of us who named the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to take a stand for what is right. Now some people, they might get just a little upset when a preacher or a person stands to take a stand. And if you've been saved for any length of time, you know that even some of your best friends, quote unquote best friends, look at you and they say there's something strange about you. Well, I say glory to God to that because you're different. We are different. The Bible says that we are peculiar people. And we need to do the things that Christ wants us to do as those peculiar people. Now let me turn this thing on here because, you know, uh, let me see if it'll click. Well, I did it then. Something happened. All right, fool's gold. You'll notice some of these perversions that I have listed up here. You'll, you'll see the uh, NWT. That's the New World Translation 
That is the Jehovah's Witness Bible. You'll see the NIV we've looked at. You see the uh, ESV, we're going to look at that tonight, the NKJV. And you see the Good News Bibles there. And you see a lot of, I got news for you, there's, there's thousands of these things out there and we don't even realize it sometimes. I stopped counting at 300. And there's thousands of them out there. And this is not something new. This has taken place throughout the ages of people and men and the devil trying to discredit the Word of God and trying to turn people away from the Word of God so that they will never be able to go to heaven because they don't hear the truth. Now let me say this, that these perversions, they all do not say the same thing, but they all have the same characteristics. They're straight from the pit of hell, in my opinion. They're straight from the pit of hell, according to the King James Bible. Because anything that takes away from Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ, the atoning blood of Christ, and salvation, it's from hell. And you and I need to stand up and stand against something like that. Now, some people... Some people are just plain confused. And there are so many perversions, sometimes it's just plain mind-boggling to try and keep track of them. And I mentioned there's thousands of these out there today. And the ESV is based upon an entirely different Greek text than the King James Bible. Don't let anybody fool you and say that they're using the King James to translate a Bible into another uh, version or, another perver or a perversion. Don't let anybody tell you that because if they want to change the King James Bible, they're wrong. Now, I'm excited about this, about teaching this, about teaching this, these series, but I'm more excited when I get into next week when I talk about the King James Bible, the entire Word of God. God breathed, and then the following time, the Lord's will, the next two will be on the King James Bible. But some people are just plain confused. I, I would not recommend the ESV or any other modern perversion of the Bible because they're all based upon the corrupt Greek text the work of heretics, Westcott and Hort. Now, I've mentioned those characters uh, as we go along, and I've tried to put in just little tidbits about these guys, and that uh, most of these perversions originate with Westcott and Hort. Now, notice this. Not that guy, but the next slide. Westcott and Hort, the New Age translators. In today's apostate world, few people can distinguish between truth and error. The Word of God is our only defense. And this is why Jesus commanded us in John chapter 5 and verse 39, search the Scriptures. Is it any wonder that Satan is corrupting the Scriptures to keep and prevent people from obeying Jesus' command in John 5, 39? Search the Scriptures. The ESV is just another attempt of Satan to malign and twist the Word of God into a lie. Now, it's important for us, and I've mentioned Westcott and Horton, it's important for us to know the, a little bit of the theory of Westcott and Hort, as well as something of the two men uh, who have greatly influenced modern textual criticism. You remember, textual criticism is just trying to tear down the Word of God. It's something that uh, people have done, once again, in many areas. Well, in short, the Westcott and Hort theory states that the Bible is to be treated as any other book would be. Westcott and Hort believe the Greek text which underlies 
The King James Bible was perverse and corrupt. The Texas Receptus. They think it was corrupt. Hort called the Texas Receptus, uh, uh, Receptus vile and villainous. This comes from Life and Letters of Fenton John Anthony Hort, Volume 1, page 211. I'm going to, when I quote these guys tonight, I'm going to give you where it's found. I'm not just taking this out of the air. I'm not telling you something that I just think about. It's something that's written down. In 1881 A.D., the Westcott and Hort Greek text was introduced. Well, what about Westcott and Hort? What did they have? They had some things to say. And uh, we may see them on, up here. There we go. Well, what did Westcott and Hort say about, first of all, about the scriptures? What did they say? Now, if you have a study sheet tonight, you have this in front of you. Does anyone need a study sheet? We may have one or two left. I'm not sure. All right. But notice this. What did they say? Notice, first of all, Westcott. He said, I reject the word infallibility of Holy Scriptures overwhelmingly. If we reject the infallibility of the Holy Scriptures, then we're lost in our sin. We're lost. We're not going to be able to go to heaven because there's problems with the Scriptures. And I got news for you. There's no problem with the King James Bible. There are no mistakes. It's infallible. This comes from Westcott, The Life and Letters of Brooke False Westcott, Volume 1, page 207. He said, I reject the word infallibility. Next, Westcott. He said, our Bible, as well as our faith, is a mere compromise. I agree with him about that because his Bible's garbage. But if he's talking about the Holy Scriptures, then he's wrong. And he was wrong and he is wrong. Westcott on the canon of the New Testament, page 7. Now notice. Fenton, John, Anthony Hort. He said this, Evangelicals seem to be, to me, to be, to me, perverted. He's talking about you. He's talking about people who name the name of Jesus Christ as Savior. He says, we're perverted. Now, Hort goes on to say this, There are, I fear, still some serious differences between us on the subject of authority, especially the authority of the Bible. Hort, The Life and Letters of Fenton, John Anthony Hort, Volume 1, page 400. Why do I mention these guys? Why am I going on this? Because that's where a lot of these perversions are coming from, if not all of them. Dr. Wilbur Pickering writes that Hort did not hold to a high view of inspiration. The identity of the New Testament, he writes in page 212. Perhaps this is why both the revised version, which Westcott and Hort helped us to, tra helped to translate, and the American edition of it, the American Standard Version. There's another perversion, by the way. Many of your high preachers, we see a lot of these guys on television, they use that version. And if you're using that version, it's wrong. American Standard version. And it's translated 2 Timothy 3.16 as every scripture inspired of God instead of all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The King James says that. Now, what Westcott and Hort said about the deity of Christ. Notice this. Westcott, he's, he never speaks 
we've got a short in this thing or something here. There we go. Westcott, he never speaks of himself directly as God. What's he speaking of here? He's speaking about Jesus Christ. He says that Jesus Christ never speaks of himself directly as God. And he continues, but the aim of his revelation was to lead men to see God in him. Westcott, the Gospel according to St. John, page 297. Westcott. John does not expressly affirm the identification of the word with Jesus Christ. Westcott, Ibid, page 16. Well, my Bible tells me the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the, word was, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on to say that nothing was made that was made without Jesus Christ, the Word. He became flesh. Notice. Hort. Revelation 3.15. Might no doubt bear the Arian, or Orion, however you want to pronounce that meaning, the first thing created. And what he's saying here, the created meaning Christ. This comes from Hort, or Revelation, page 36. Arianism, the doctrines of Arias, denying that Jesus was of the same substance as God and holding instead that he was the only highest of created beings, viewed, viewed as heretical by most Christian churches. Well, notice that this could be why Westcott and Hort's Greek text makes Jesus a created God in John chapter 1 and verse 18. And the American, ASV, American Standard Version translation has a footnote concerning John 38. It says, And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. In the note in the ASV, it says the Greek word denotes an act of reverence, whether paid to a creature as here or to a creator. And that's another reason I say that the ASV is a corrupt text as well, a, a corrupt version. Now the statement of the note that I just read from the American Standard, cast doubt on Christ's deity, creature created being. And we know that there's someone else who does that and that is the Jehovah's Witness. Why would I look at an American Standard Bible? You said, I thought we we're gonna study the ESV. We're getting to that. Why would we want to look at the American Standard Version? Why don't we just get one of the Jehovah's Witness Bibles and read it? Because they all come from the same text. John 1.18, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. King James. John 9.38, And he said, Lord, I believed, and he worshipped him. King James Bible. Westcott and Hort. Universal salvation. Notice. Salvation according to these two heretics. Westcott said, The thought of John 10.29 is here traced back to its most absolute form as resting on the essential power of God in his relation of universal fatherhood. They would have everybody believe that you're already on your way to heaven, that you're already a child of God. But Jesus straightened people out immediately. He said, you're not of God, you're of your father, the devil. Why? Because they would not believe the word that he was giving to them. American Standard Version, once again, John 10, 29, My father who hath given them, 
unto me is greater than all. Now I want you to listen carefully. It's given them unto me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. That sounds pretty good. ESV, John 10, 29, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Well, notice, there's a note here. John 10, 29, it says, Some ancient authorities read that which my Father hath given unto me. Now, notice this. John 10, 29, the King James. My Father, which gave them me. We've been given Jesus Christ. He came to seek and to save people who were lost. Every person in this world has an opportunity to be saved. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to come to Him tonight. You need to trust Him tonight because God the Father in heaven sent Jesus to die for each one of us, to shed His blood. And it's sad that everybody will not receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible says, gave them me. Now, notice, number two. Hort said, I confess I have no repugnance. This this is, uh, in other words, no strong disgust to the primitive doctrine of a ransom. Get this now, paid to Satan. Hort said this, the first epistle of St. Peter, chapter 1, verse 1 through 2, 17, page 77. Hort says this, I can see no other possible form in which the doctrine of a ransom is at all tenable, in other words, reasonable or acceptable. Anything is better than the doctrine of a ransom to the Father. God the Father demands total righteousness. No one is going to heaven without total righteousness. And our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the sight of God. So we needed someone who was totally righteous, who could pay the price, not to Satan, but to God the Father who required the sacrifice that was made on the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ says in His Word that we are made righteous in Him. Now notice this. Universal salvation is also taught by the, and, and we see the American Standard once again teaches. Now you say, why do you keep bringing these other ones up? Because I'm comparing and letting and trying to let you see that they're all corrupt. That we need to be aware of these things. We need to warn our people about this. The SV teaches universal salvation in Titus 2.11. For the grace of God hath appeared bringing salvation to all men. That sounds pretty good. But salvation is not. All men have not been saved. The footnote of the ASV says, Titus 2.11, and it says, Or hath appeared to all men, bringing salvation. King James 2.11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. It doesn't say that all men are saved. If it did, that would be teaching universal salvation. Now, Universal salvation is taught, once again, by the New American Standard Revised Edition, Titus 2.11, the footnote, For the grace of God has appeared, saving all. Did you catch that? Has appeared, saving all. 
Now all can be saved if they'll simply trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And by the way, the Jehovah's Witness Bible, the New World Translation, translation of Titus 2.11 says, For the undeserved kindness of God has been manifested, bringing salvation to all sorts of people. Well, it's certainly true that all sorts of people can be saved, but the Jehovah's Witness don't even believe in salvation of the soul. The list goes on and on. And why do these perversions lead a person to believe in a universal salvation? In other words, why do these perversions lead people to believe that all people will, will be or are saved? I'll tell you why. It's based upon, the, based upon the word of God that these perversions are from the pit of hell. These perversions, for the most part, are based on the Westcott and Hort translations of the Greek and Hebrew. And these men were perverted heretics of the highest caliber. And by the, by the way, let's go back. By the way, the ESV is also leading people to believe in a universal salvation. Notice Titus 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. Well, it's, it's true that Jesus Christ came for all people, but He can't save all people. He could, and He does if they will call on Him. If every person in this world would trust Jesus Christ as Savior, He could save all of them. He could save everybody. But that's sad that all people do not come to Him and re receive Him as Savior. Well, why does the ESV lead people to believe in, a, in universal salvation? It's because the ESV, once again, is based on the same work of Westcott and Hort as the other perversions who try to hide behind the acronym NU, NU text. And we talked about that last time. And this is based almost entirely upon, you guessed it, Westcott and Hort. Now many have strayed from the Word of God. If this church, Central Baptist Church, ever strays from the tried and true principles and truth found in this book, the Bible, the King James Bible, then this church will cease to be a true Bible-believing, sin-hating, salvation-preaching, biblical lighthouse pointing sinners to Jesus Christ who is the light of the world. If we turn this place where we're at right now into a compromising entertainment center, believing that to intermingle a big top atmosphere with God's holiness, then the epitaph that will be written by the finger of God for this place will be Ichabod. And we know by studying the Word of God that that means the glory of the Lord has departed. The pastor made mention earlier that he prays that this church will always remain strong, standing on the Word of God and standing for Jesus Christ and, and not let anything else... The perversions leave out the blood of Jesus Christ. They take away His deity. They remove hell. They lead people and save people to believe that they are too dumb to understand what God has written in the book, the King James Bible. The perversions lead unsaved people into a false sense of safety, thinking that all people are the children of God. And in short, new perversions are not new at all. What we term as new comes from Satan himself. 
who has cast doubt on God's word from the beginning. Genesis 3.1, yea, hath God said. Did God really say that? Did God really say if you didn't get saved, if you didn't trust Jesus as Savior, you would go to hell? God did say that. The devil wants to see as many people in hell as he can. Safe person, do not believe the devil's lie that you cannot understand God's word, which is this book, the King James. Are you going to believe the devil? Are you going to believe God? John 16, 13 says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. John 14, 17, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Romans 8, 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. The English substandard perversion. It was released by Crossway Books back in 2001. The Jehovah's Witness Bible, entitled The New World Translation of Scriptures, was translated from the text of West Cotton Hort. And the friendship with Westcott and Hort is not surprising that it's not surprising that they are friends with Westcott and Hort. They reject the deity, reject the deity of Christ, and gain strength from his corrupt from from their t uh, corrupt text. And most, if not all, translations, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, most, if not all, the translations of the Bible follow the path of the worst manuscripts which are in existence. And this is in evidenced. And this is important. It's evidenced by the fact that many Bible colleges, seminaries, colleges, schools use some Greek text other than the Textus Receptus. The new versions are found, founded on faulty texts and are not acceptable for any purpose. And I said this to our Sunday school class. You grandparents, new parents, if you're considering sending one of yours to a Bible college, a Bible university, a so-called Christian college, a so-called Christian university, you better check it out because many of them have gotten away from the Word of God. Anything goes. And I'm talking about what I would consider well-established colleges. I'm not going to name them. That's up to you to search it. That's up to you to stand guard over your family and look to see what's going on in these quote-unquote Christian schools. I thank God for our Christian school over here. It stands upon the Word of God. Amen. It's not a separate entity of this church. It is the church. Amen. It is this building. It is that building, but it's all one. We are all together under one umbrella, the church that Jesus Christ has built. Amen. Now... Notice, why the ESV? Well, Luke chapter 8, the thing likes to blink at me. Luke chapter 8 and verse 12, Then cometh the devil and taketh, taketh away the word. That's the King James Bible. Why the ESV? Because the devil wants to take away the word of God. And by the way, I was, I was told tonight that somebody was standing outside with some spray cans 
and they were trying to spray my name out. Is that right on that? Now, now that's a joke, okay? Somebody told me that, and I'm not going to name who she is, but uh, uh, she said that she asked them if they had enough paint. Okay, I think she was wanting to help them out a little bit. But anyway, I don't know how I got on that. I just thought of that. All right, uh, take away the word. Now notice, part of the abomination. Uh-oh, past it. There it is. Part of the abomination. Now, uh, believe it or not, I'm just about finished. Now, I've got to have you out here in time to, for 8 o'clock to go listen to it's a, good, it's a Good Life Radio. Okay, you'll hear an excellent preacher on there, okay? Okay, a preacher who is very humble. All right, you'll, you'll hear that preacher on there. WTYG, 8 o'clock. Now, notice. <laughs> write this down. There are 19 verses removed in the ESV New Testament. And I'm going to name them. You've got them up there. Matthew 12, 47, 17, 21, 18, 11, 23, 14, Mark 7, 16, 9, 44, 9, 46, 11, 26, 15, 28, Luke 17, 36, 22, chapter 22, 43, and 44. And the footnote, some manuscripts and verses 43 and 44 are gone. And then you see here Luke 23, 17, John 5, 4, Acts 37, 15, 34, 24, 7, 28, 29, and finally Romans 16, 24. Read these verses now. You've got the handout. You've got the study sheet, and you see this behind me. Look those verses up and see what's missing. They're not there. They're gone. 19 verses gone. Not only does the ESV take out 19 complete verses in the New Testament, it takes out over 33,000 words as well. The ESV takes out the name Jesus 18 times. Without Jesus, there's no salvation. I don't care if it's just out one time, it's wrong. If you leave it out one time, that's wrong. Takes out the name of Jesus Christ 51 times. The ESV takes out the name of Christ 39 times. The ESV takes out the name of Lord 66 times, and God, 38 times. And you want to know why I'm against the ESV? It's because it's corrupt. It's not of God. The ESV also removes the word hell 40 times. The words devil and devils. 83 times. The devil does not want you to know who he is. The devil wants to confuse people and say, there is no devil. There is no devil. You have nothing to worry about. Just sit back and relax. Build your big auditoriums with your strobe lights, with your rock music. Don't worry about a thing. Just have a good time. Aren't we here just to have a good time? Oh, we're worshiping God. We sing praise songs and we re repeat the verses seven times. And you can learn them by just sitting back and relaxing. Relaxing. We're going to put them on the screen for you. You don't even have to have a songbook. You don't even have to have a Bible because we're going to put every verse up here for you. 
Oh, and by the way, they're going to be out of a perversion when they're put up there. Well, notice, number eight, the ESV takes out the word study in 2 Timothy 2.15 and replaces it with do your best. Do your best. It gets rid of the word study, do your best. And the footnote also adds, uh, that is, one approved after being tested. In other words, if you want to study the scriptures, you've got to be tested first. Now notice some words, altered or omitted. omitted. That thing likes to blink at me. Now wait a minute, let me see if I'm on the right page here. That, by the way, you know, I was, I was teaching in, in one of the church, and I had uh, my notes somewhat like this. I got up and I was going along pretty good until I got to one page and it was turned upside down. And uh, I said, who in the world would do that? And the founder of the church, he was sitting there and laughing at me. He had come up and turned. I'm, I'm, I've got to be careful about leaving my book up here. I think Brother Bloom might try something like that. But notice some words altered or, or omitted. Matthew 125. Notice here, the King James says, And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. This is important. Brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And the ESV says this, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Notice this. Notice. The firstborn, and this, this is pretty basic to many people, but we overlook it a lot of times. The word firstborn is altered to a and tends to support the belief that Mary had no other children after Jesus, was, uh, and after Jesus and remained a perpetual virgin. The Bible is clear that Mary birthed at least six other children. Matthew chapter 13, 55 through 56 there. Do you know that there's still an organization, a group, that still likes to keep people in the dark? They actually don't want them reading the Bible. They tell them they're not smart enough. This, you know, years ago, uh, was it Martin Luther and some of the other people got together and said, the Bible's for everybody. The Bible needs to be read by everybody. But the Catholic Church kept it from people. They read everything in Latin is what I understand. But do you know that that same thing's happening today in a, in a lot of the Catholic churches? They, they may read one or two scriptures but it's usually out of a perversion. And today, when we, when we think of that, there's a lot of churches, fundamental, independent Baptist churches, that are leading their people down the wrong road because they're keeping the true Word of God from them. I can't understand that except that it is of the devil. Now notice, we're almost finished. I get back. There we go. John 1, 14, King James. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. ESV, John 1, 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Notice, the ESV 
omits only begotten. The only begotten. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. He was not created by God. And notice, only begotten means Jesus was not created. He has always been because why? He is God. He is God. And when somebody just puts the word A and not the only begotten or the son, the firstborn son, then that gives credence to the fact that Mary was a perpetual virgin. And that is false from the pit of hell once again. Well, there's, there's so many other things that, that I could mention here about the, the verses. Isaiah 14, 12, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? And how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? But the ESV says there, How are you are fallen from heaven, O day star? Taking the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Turning him into Jesus Christ. Well, God loves us. And you say, Well, I didn't hear too much about the ESV. Yes, you did. You just need to listen. You just need to take it to heart and understand that it's corrupt. That there's so many things that's wrong in that book. And if you've got one of them, you say, well, I want to keep it around for study. You need to write a disclaimer in the front of that junk. And you need to put in there that this is not the word of God. It is corrupt. It is from the pit of hell. Now, let me tell you very quickly some of the people who were on this committee that translated this book, the ESV. Calvinist Dr. Clifford John Collins, Old Testament Chairman, Associate Professor of Old Testament, Covenant Theological Seminary. Calvinist Dr. Wayne A. Gruden, Professor and Chairman, Department of Biblical and Systematic Theology, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. These guys have a lot of credentials. LLD, THD, MUD, you name it, and they, they've got them. Now, Dr. Clinton E. Arnold, Professor of New Testament Language and Literature, Talbot School of Theology. Dr. William D. Barrick, Professor of Old Testament. Dr. Gregory Beale. Now, Mr. Edward Chandler, Ph.D., Catholic University of America. He's a Calvinist, by the way. Now, let me read you some of the quotes that some people have said about the ESV. And this may make up your mind that you're going to rush out and you're going to buy one of these perversions. I don't know. One person has said this, the translation is outstanding. The ESV achieves a new standard in accurate Bible translations for our day. R.C. Sproul, founder, Ligonier Ministries. He's gone now. He's not around any longer. He's Calvinist. He was. He knows better now if he's in heaven. I highly recommend the English Standard Version to you. Is that Johnny or Joni? How you said Johnny Erickson? Tata, founder and president, Johnny and Friends. Merac meticulous care and passionate research make the ESV a crisp, accurate, and valuable translation. I wonder how many people's got this man's work in their library. Max Locato, ministry, minister, Oak Hills Church of Christ. Another one says, I've been preaching from the ESV for the last year and find it to be a powerful text which accurately and beautifully communicates with this generation. We don't change for the generations. The generations need to change with the Word of God. Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church. He's in Texas, big, big church. 
and I was really disappointed in this one. An excellent translation that can be trusted, John F. Walford, President and Chancellor Emeritus, Dallas Theological Seminary. And by the way, the, the Southern Baptists, many of them use the message. The man who actually wrote the message wrote it for his family as, as a commentary for them to understand. And he actually has said it is not the Bible, but many of the Southern Baptists, not, and maybe some other churches, I don't know, recognize that as the Word of God. It's the Word of a man. And we cannot take the Word of a man over the Word of God. Now, I'm excited about next week the Lord's will, because we will look into the King James, and we're going to see some of the things that make it different, that set it up above any book that has ever been written, that has ever been, it's the only book that has ever been breathed by God, and you need to pray that people will hear it, what's being said, and they'll come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you do not know Him as your Savior, you need to get saved. You need to trust Him tonight as your Lord and Savior. Everybody here may be saved, I don't know. But if you've never trusted Him, you need to trust Him this very night. Let's pray.